right, everyone, we have another Back by Popular Demand special guest on the podcast episode today. Mom. Hey, Annie. Welcome Thank back you. to Made to Shine. I know I'm selfishly so excited that you're back, and in particular, what we're talking about today. So for those of you that follow me on Instagram or just on this podcast in general, I know I did get a lot of messages about how much everyone liked the snippet from my last podcast episode with my mom on the IGTV I did all about being single. And from that stemmed a lot of questions about just relationships in general, whether it's you're single, you're married, you just went through a breakup, you have a significant other, but you aren't married, or you're in that weird phase where you're single, but you want to date, but you're not sure how to even get started. So obviously my mother and I myself, we don't know everything, but we are two people that have walked somewhat through life, offer some unique perspectives. And I know my mom in particular is just a wealth of knowledge about this stuff. And selfishly, I have gotten it for 23 years now, but I think it would be really beneficial for some of you guys to tap into that as well. So this week I posted on my Instagram for you guys to send me in some questions. So I'm going to incorporate some of those and then some other questions I think would be really good that I know my mom has kind of helped me with in the past and I think could be beneficial to you guys. So first of all, mom, let's just kick it off with, so you're, how old? 52. 52. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 52. We could just <laughs> rewrite that Taylor Swift song. Um, when did you, so for, for, to give some context, my mom and my dad have been married for how many years? We got married in 95. So this was so 26, that? 26 years, 26 years. September was 26 years. Holla, 26 years. Okay. Okay. I'm not even 26. So that's hard to wrap my head around. I'm curious, take us through kind of how you guys met. Cause y'all are eight years apart. We are eight years apart. So tell us the story. Which seems like a lot when you're young, but as you get older, it's not as much. Um, so we met, so I was in, I went to law school here in Atlanta at Emory. And I was in, when you're in law school, like between your second and third year, you clerk at law firms. And so one of the law firms I clerked at between my second and third year was a law firm, Austin and Bird here in Atlanta. And I, um, I was an accounting major. So I was, they, they would take you when you were clerking, you would sort of go to the area you wanted to be in. So I was, I wanted to be a tax attorney. So they would sort of move your offices every week. So you would get to know different attorneys in the firm. And so every week I was sort of in a different office on the tax floor. And lo and behold, um, I had, I had sort of met your dad. So he was an attorney at Austin and Bird when I was a summer associate, but he was a litigator. So that was like a whole nother world. This is a huge law firm. It was like over 200 attorneys. And um, that was like a different floor, a different world. I had met him at some, some of the functions that we'd had, and I thought he was really nice. But the last week of my, uh, my internship, I got put on the litigation floor next oh! to your dad. So that was the Sparks office. flying on the litigation yeah. floor, yeah. folks. So anyway, so that's how we sort of started. Um, 
we sort of, we, we, you know, struck up conversations and he would come into my office and talk. And that's really so when we got to know each other. And then he, um, he was actually dating somebody else at the time. <laughs> and, um, and we sort of have a running joke that it's like the, the worst first line ever for asking somebody out on a date. But he said, hypothetically, if I wasn't dating somebody else and I asked you out, would you go? That's what he said. <laughs> so, yeah. So the fact that I'm still here after that intro. Okay, so let's dive thing. into that. I want to dive into that because I think, I think that that is such a... Um, I feel like we live in a world that that thinks like you're just supposed to meet that person and you know right away, like, this is the person for me. Love at first sight. Like, that's what we see in movies. With That's what we saw growing up in Disney princess movies, all this stuff. Do you believe in love at first sight? And if so or not, why? Um, I don't know that I believe it love at first sight. I mean, I think I believe in maybe attraction at first sight. Okay, apologies, folks. Um, someone FaceTimed me, so we're back in action. Mom, you said you don't believe in necessarily love at first sight, but you believe in attraction at first sight. Let's keep rolling. Yeah, and no, I mean, by that I mean that, you know, I think they're definitely, just when you're out and about, there, there are certain people that you, you meet and you're attracted to, but sometimes you then get to know them a little bit more and there's just nothing there. Like there, you sort of go a little bit deeper below the surface and you, you know, you either learn things that you don't really like or that aren't compatible. Um, and, but I think it's sometimes harder. I think it's harder to go the other way. I mean, I think, you know, with, with, with the relationship, I, I do think there's gotta be that, attraction. And I think there, there's, there's some people that are, they're just great people, but you just don't ever have that spark, you mm. know, which I do think is important. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I always felt like it was more like you might, you might have that spark, but then like, once you got to know them, it might dim the spark. Mm -hmm. And um, I always thought it was harder to go the other way mm -hmm. that like there wasn't a spark and you got to know them more and you, you, you really liked what you saw, but so it's, sometimes it's, it's harder to create a spark. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't feel it in the beginning, it's, it's harder to, to make it. So yeah. that's how I sort of always felt. No, I hear you. So what I'm hearing is like, you know, cause I feel like sometimes this happens with, with people who have been really good friends for a really long time and they almost feel this obligation to just try it out and to see. And sometimes it's just based in that, like you said, it's like, if that spark was never there to begin with, sometimes like it's okay to just be good friends with somebody yeah. and enjoy them as a person. So I feel like there are certain standards that you have to hold yourself to when looking for a partner because your partner is someone that's so important in your life, so significant in your life. It's not just like your, your friend or your, your cousin. It's like, it's your partner. It's your running buddy in life. And so when you were like first, talking to dad, et cetera. What were some of those things that you were looking for when you were trying to figure out like, yeah, there's a spark here, but is it really going to be something? Is he the person I want to be with long-term? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a, that's a really good question. And, you know, I think for everybody, it can be different, you know, just based on sort of maybe past experiences and how you grew up and what you're looking for. But for me, um, so one thing that was just an absolute non-negotiable for me was trust. Mm. I just had to know 100% that I could 
that I could trust the person mm -hmm. that I was with. And, um, and, and that doesn't just come overnight. That, right. that comes from getting to know them and, and, and watching them in action and just sort of, you know, with your dad, I mean, when he, you know, sometimes he's not always the best. I mean, when I say when they always do what they're going to say, I mean, he might say he's going to go pick something up at the store and he forgets, but it's not intentional. Does that mean it's the big things? Like if, if it's something big, I know I can count on him. Mm -hmm. And another thing that was important to me was I saw how he like treated his mom, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. he really it, it treats, I mean, his mom so well and his sister so well. And, um, and that was, that was important to me because I was a big believer that if he, you know, treats people he loves, like I watched how he treated his mom and I thought, you know, that would he, be you and that I. would be me one day and he would treat me the same way with respect. And, um, and so that was, that was important. And then the other thing that I really loved about your dad was, you know, with granddad, I mean, they really didn't have a relationship at all, mm -hmm. you know, when, when dad was, you know, it, growing up, he was really absent from his life for, you know, 20 yeah. plus years. And then, you know, he came back and wanted to be a part of, of your dad's life. And that was really when I was coming into the picture. So that was sort of all I ever knew. I didn't really know the past. And, um, and, and I liked the fact and not everybody in the family was open to that like you know but, right. but dad was open and i love the fact that even though there were a lot of feelings there that you know your dad gave him he put some some guardrails up and some you know don't cross this this line but other than that you're you know i would love to have you back in my life and for you to get to know your grandchildren and that was huge i like the the way he handled that and mm -hmm. um and so i think a lot of times you can just observe how someone treats other people mm. and that says a lot about how they're gonna be yeah you know, with you so 100 percent. i think and to your to what you said dad really is like he is it, the little stuff you can't like if he's gonna say he's gonna be there 4 30 it might be 6 30. but <laughs> when it comes to like i know that if i never in my entire life did i question if i called him to be there he wouldn't be there even like if i was in india he would find a, you know what i mean yeah. like he would come if i needed him and i think that that like you said trust that's so important and something that i want um to ask you because i because i know trust is built in the very beginning this is something I've struggled with, and I feel like other people that that sit in questions have struggled. It's when building that trust. You're a very independent woman. I'm very independent. I know there's a lot of people listening to this content that are very independent. How did you build that trust with dad in the beginning? Because I feel like there's two takes. Either some people, they just are way too quick to trust, and they trust the person with everything, their finances, their, their secrets, their family, their everything. And then there's some people that it take like it's really hard for their walls to come down. First, I guess my first question, which of the two are you? I think I can guess, but. Um, I mean, I don't. Never say I'm somebody who always had my walls up. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty trusting until you give me reason not to trust you. Mm -hmm. But I think the key in there is that I never trusted other people to a point where I was putting my livelihood in their hands. Does that make sense? Ooh, let's say that again. Well, I was I would never trust someone enough that I was putting my livelihood in their hands. What does livelihood mean to you? I mean, my 
my security, my well-being, my, you know, my independence. Um, I think that's where people can sometimes get in trouble is when you, you become, and, and this could be initially, I mean, and this could be 10, 15, 20 years into a relationship. I mean, where you, um, and I see this a lot of times with women, just because of some sort of where our role is a lot of times in a relationship is that, you know, we are, you know, I think women for the most part are trusting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a trusting person. Um, like I said, until you give me reason not, but you, you, you know, you go sort of in hook, line and sinker and somewhere in that process, you, you sort of lose yourself, mm -hmm. like your identity, like who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think is, um, that's when I think it, it, it gets a little bit like, oh, you know, and, and because it, that's where it can get a little bit scary. And this could be not only for like new relationships until you're sort of seeing, can I trust? Because I mean, I'm been married 26 years. I mean, I've got, I've got people I know that have been married 20 plus years and they are married to someone who they've trusted, they've loved, they've raised a family and they found out that, mm -hmm. that their spouse is, been has been unfaithful or they can't trust. And so it's not, you know, and, and it's devastating. It, it, it's, it's, it's devastating because you do start to question, oh my gosh, what did I miss? Were there signs? What did I do? But I think where, where that, what can make that easier? Because I, I, I truly believe that could happen. That could happen to me. It could happen to mm -hmm. anybody. A lot of that is out of your control. You know, it's, it's them. It's not you, but where it can, you can prevent that from being just, just, you know, so, um, I mean, just, but it's going to be life altering regardless, but it can, be more easily recoverable mm -hmm. if you have not lost who you are in that process mm -hmm. of the relationship. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always just been such a big um, proponent for, you know, all of you, I mean, especially, you know, you and, you know, the three girls is that when you're in a relationship, don't lose who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't lose your independence and your ability to, to provide for yourself mm -hmm. and to support yourself. Because so many, I always say financial independence means options. It means, yeah. you know, it means freedom. It means you have control of some of the situation and decisions to be made. And when you don't have that, it can be a very different landscape when yeah. you're totally dependent and you have no way to go out there and provide for yourself and do all of that. And, and, and when you're so tied up in the relationship that you, you've you've lost who you are mm -hmm. you know you've lost what brings you joy outside of the relationship mm -hmm. because a, a relationship is a marriage it's such a it's a huge part of who i am but it's not all of who it's i a, am yeah you know and i think that's where I, I personally feel like that's where um you know it sometimes it can be a slippery slope yeah was when when somebody's identity is so tied up into being a wife, being in a marriage, being a mother, being whatever. I mean, all of those things, if that's all you are, if your identity is so tied mm -hmm. up in that, that if for some reason something does happen and it does change and it is taken away, it's just, it's, it's devastating. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard regardless, but does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But 
And that's why I think that you've, you know, you've always got to keep your own identity in the sense of, you know, you can still be a great wife and have a great marriage and be a great mom and be a great, you know, whatever you do in the corporate world or be a great writer or tennis player, whatever it is you want to do. Um, and you don't have to, you know, just be, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like everything tied up into one. Right. You can be, you can, you can wear multiple hats. Right. And I think that sometimes is, um, you know, sort of going back to where this started with the trust is when you, I think sometimes when people trust too quick in the sense of that they just, they're just, it's just all in and they lose sight of who they are mm -hmm. and they're just wearing that one hat and all their eggs are in that one basket. That can sometimes when it gets, it's just the scales are off. Yeah. It's off balance. You know? I totally agree. I think that to echo everything you're saying, it's like you, when you put your identity in things that are out of your control, a relationship that's out of your control, even like you said, the said, you said the word mother. I mean, I know families in our church, like stories where their children passed away. And, and, and it's like, when you put your identity in something, quite frankly, you don't have control over that will leave you constantly groping for things that you, that will not satisfy you. Um, and that's why I think you've just got to put your identity in Christ and who he calls you to be. And then everything else is just this, this honor, this blessing that you get yeah. to have, but it's, it's not gift. yours. Yeah. Um, okay. So I kind of want to, I know what's so great about, about this community and everything is that we have people from so many different walks of life. We have people that are 23 and single, like myself. We have people that are, that are married, that are just married, about to get married. People that have been married for 25 years. So I kind of want to, in the remainder of our time, ask four different questions to kind of hit different audiences in each of those segments. So the first question I want to start with is, you know, and this is something I've I've struggled with before, I'm struggling with now, but it's like for the early 20s or even the people in their early 30s or whatever, and it's like they are seeing all of their peers getting engaged, getting married, and they're single. They're focusing on their career. They're doing whatever. But there's just this pressure, this pressure to settle down, this pressure to start a family. I mean, what would you say to them? Have you felt that pressure before in your life? And if so, like... Who, what would you say to those people that are in that situation like myself right now? Yeah, now that's a great question. And I have felt that pressure. Um, I mean, I grew up in a small town in South Georgia. I had, a, I had friends that got married right out of high school. Um, I had a lot of friends that got married definitely right out of college. And then I, um, I was, you know, I've told you this before, I was actually engaged before I met your dad. And, yeah. and it, you know, it, it, we broke it off. And, um, and so I ended up, you know, not meeting your dad until I was, you know, in law school, I started practicing law. So I, it, you know, I know it's changed over the years, but I got married very late for my, and you got married at 27. I was 26, 26. Right? Yeah. 26. Um, and so I was old, you know, in that sense. So yes, I, I was definitely on the older side at, at that point. I think now it's the ages. It's, it's, it wouldn't be old today, but it was old then. So I, I, I get what you're saying. And the thing that I would just stress, and this is with relationships with anything, is that you've really just got to put your blinders on with this. I mean, it, it, this is, this is your book. This is your, this is your journey and you can't compare 
where you are to where someone else is. Amen. You just can't. And that is, I mean, I just, that's the, I stress at all facets in everything in my life. It's like so many times you, if you just put your blinders on, you don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Your, your life is going to go so much better because every decision I've ever made when I've opened up those blinds and I've done, I've done things based on other people's people's timelines or other people's, you know, situations in life, it has never led me down the right path ever. And so put your blinders on and, you know, it, it will work out in time. And, and it's, and even when you feel like everybody else maybe is getting married or doing that, maybe you're focusing on your career. Maybe you're, you really do want to meet somebody and you're going on dates, but it's just not the one, or you think you've met the one and it, they break your heart, whatever it is. I always say there is no wasted time. Mm. There's no wasted time. I love that. every single relationship. And like I said, I was engaged before and it, broke off. And I had a lot of relationships. I had some good relationships that they broke up with me. I had other ones that I broke up with them. You know, my heart's been broken. I have broken hearts. It's gone both ways. And, um, and it, but every single time it, I learned something. Yeah. I learned a little bit more about myself. Mm-hmm. I learned a little bit more about what I needed in a relationship. And maybe I, you know, I, I even learned what I didn't want in a relationship. So sometimes those relationships where you look back and go, oh my gosh, I wish that nightmare had never come into my life. And I had some of those. Um, but we all have had some all of had those. <laughs> but you look back and you still learn something. You learn what you don't want. And sometimes learning what you don't want is more important than learning what you don't okay, want. Okay, so let's, let's dig into that because yeah. I think there's some people that would ask, well, Beth Mayfield, you are someone that obviously we should respect and listen to because look at you. What do you what did you learn that you didn't want? Because I think some people don't even know that the things that are not great in relationships aren't great. Yeah. Um, so for and I think it's going to be different for everybody. Sure, like but for, for are, Beth Mayfield for me, personally, I, I very much need my personal space. And somebody that's needy, that like needs to be with me all the time, not, it's just a no-go, not going to happen. And that's why, you know, dad, I mean, we, it's great. I mean, we both go do our own things and it's like, I'll see you later tonight. I mean, what are you going to do? I've got errands to run. Not asking me where I'm going. It's just a, you know, we, we sort of do our thing and then we come back and go to dinner. And, um, I don't need, he doesn't need to be with me every minute. I don't need to be with him every minute. And there's just that mutual respect. He, um, he, he's, I, I needed somebody who was gonna be my biggest cheerleader in is whatever I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. in career wise, um, that somebody that wasn't gonna, I don't want to say feel threatened by me. Cause it's, that's not, but somebody that wasn't going to, you don't have just, to shrink yourself. I didn't to have around. to shrink myself. And dad's always been like, Oh my gosh, that's great. Go for it. You know, you want to do that? Go, Go be an isogenics millionaire. Okay. Beth Mayfield. So he's just always supported me with all of that. Which, which is great. So I knew that from the start um, that I needed that. And then the other thing was, you know, I, like I said, it goes back to, I knew I needed trust right? because I had relationships where there was, un, you know, somebody was unfaithful to me. And it's just, once that's lost, it's really hard to, to get that back. And I didn't like who I was in that mm. because I would question like, you know, and so I just needed to know, 
that it was just trust and because I needed that because I needed that I needed my space. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? I didn't want to have to worry about what they were doing. Mm -hmm. and I didn't want them point, worrying yeah. about what I was doing. And so it goes back to having that trust. Yeah. So that was key. That's a great point. Okay. So we could talk, I could talk about that particular segment for forever. Let's move on to the next, like people that are about to get married. Like they're young, they're about to get married. How, how did you know dad was the one? Like, was there ever thought in your mind, like, oh, is there, anyone else out there that's even better or you know what I mean it's like I feel like these are thoughts people have did yeah. you ever or like how did you know dad was the end-all be-all yeah I mean I think that you know I do think that it it helped because I'd had relationships and I'd had the good I'd had bad and and you know when I met dad I mean I think the reason I think when you know they're the one is when you go I I don't I don't want to be without them, you know, mm -hmm. and you sort of look at your future and you go, I don't, I don't want my future to be without that person. Like I can't see my future without that person. And it didn't mean things were perfect. I mean, right. there were, there were things with dad that I knew going into it that were going to be bumpy. They were going to be hard. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't like it was just perfect, but it was, but the things that I knew that we were going to have challenges or we were going to have to face, I, it, it didn't, it was okay because I knew we would do it together. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important and it's different than I always go back and say, you know, if there, if there are things in a relationship that, that are really bothering you before you get married. And I've said this the last time we did the podcast, right, if right. things that are really bothering you about somebody, and you think, oh my gosh, when we get married, it will be, it'll get better. Like they're, they're not going to want to play golf every Sunday because I hate that. And he's going to want to be with me on Sundays. Let me kind of assure you that is not going to happen. Um, you know, you can't, you're not going to be able to change somebody. Marriage does not change people. It doesn't change um, it, you know, like I said, if there, if there are issues before you get married, marriage, a lot of times will magnify those issues because mm -hmm. it gets hard. You know, it's hard. I mean, marriage is not always easy, but I think when I knew dad was the right one was when I looked at the things that would have been the warts or the bumps. And I thought, I don't want to change him. I just want to go through them with him, mm. you know? And I think there's a difference there. Yeah. It's like in life, life is going to be hard, whether yeah. you're with the person or without the person. And what I'm hearing from you is that it's like, I want to choose to go through those hard times with the person, right? Choose the hard with the person. Correct. Um, that's so interesting. And, I guess to continue with that and to piggyback off of that, progressing into, okay, you get married, you, you've had kids, you're empty nesters like you and dad are now. I feel like a lot of married couples experience that, okay, we were fixated on our children for the last 20, 25 years. Now they're gone. They're independent. And all we have is to look at each other. And it's like, well, what do we do now? The, our hobbies were our kids. Yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. No, that's really a great question because it's been so um, front of my mind here really the last, I would say, especially the last six to eight months. And, um, you know, especially since like, you know, you moved out. I mean, yeah. we're really, I mean, we're like truly empty nesters. There's nobody there. It's like we say goodbye when I go to work and, you know, when I come home, it's just us. And, um, and you do, you think, 
okay, what are we going to do with these next, you know, 15, 20 years where it's just us? And, um, and it's weird, especially I think for our family, because we did so much together. Well, we did so much together, but we also with four kids playing travel sports, it was divided. Yeah, it was. So we were always going, it took dad and me. I mean, we were, he was, you know, in Rome, Georgia, and I was in Alabama at a soccer. I mean, we were always divided and conquer. So now that we not only just y'all are gone, but we've got like this time back where, you know, we'll wake up on a Saturday. It's like, what are we going to do today? Like Mm -hmm. we don't have, you know, tennis tournaments and, you know, soccer games to go to. So it's been sort of interesting. And, and we've really, you know, we've, we've talked about it because it's like, what are we going to do? We need a hobby. Like we, we both have our own things we like to do, but try now to like find something we both like to do together, mm-hmm. you know, is sometimes challenging because, you know, dad loves history. I don't really love history very much. So that's out. Um, you know, I love, I mean, there are certain things I like that he doesn't like that much. And it's like, I love to go to movies. He hates movies. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that, you know, when we just sort of do on our, our own time. So we were really trying to figure that out. Like, okay, what are we going to do? And we came up with some crazy ideas and there was nothing good, but there was one thing and I mentioned, I wanted you to share that, um, that we finally, we really brainstormed on it. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I woke up one morning and I said, I've got it. I've got, this is our empty nester hobby. And, um, and it was, I said, we're going to go visit every national park, every national park, because I love to hike. I love outdoors. Dad loves like the history and all that. And I thought this will be great. And so when I shared it with them, he's like, oh my gosh, that is a great idea. So we were even talking about this morning. Like we sort of decided we're going to go out to like Zion National Park and Lake Powell. Um, that's going to be our first trip. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of fun to that's actually so great. plan something together that we can both enjoy. I love that. And what should like couples that are in that phase of trying to figure out, but it's like, he likes this. I don't like that. I like this. He doesn't like that. Like, what advice would you give them in trying to find that mutual, beneficial hobby adventure? Just to, you know, just to keep at it. I mean, yeah. literally, it took us, it's been like six months of like throwing ideas out there. Pickleball, um, we <laughs> threw that out. And we're like, we're not oh, y'all, our neighborhood has got a mad competitive pickleball <laughs> tournament. Like, you and pickleball. dad cannot participate. No, we are not going to play pickleball. Because we did, but we threw out all these things. And, you know, and it was just like nothing. It just wasn't fitting. It just mm. felt like we were trying to fit, what is it, like a, a square, square peg and a round, round hole. hole. It just wasn't fitting. And so, so there is something out there that you can enjoy mm. together. And then, you know, the other part of that is, is like I said, which I think is so important, is we also have both have things that we really like to do alone, alone, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's great, too. We both can explore that a little mm-hmm. bit more now. Oh, yeah. So, And I think to your point, like you mentioned time, you have all of this time. Some of the hobbies and interests and things that you and dad both find passionate together, y'all haven't really had a fair chance to figure out in the yeah. season of your life because you've been working with us crazy kids the past 25 years. So now you have all this time to to try new things and to figure out, hey, we both really like Batman. I don't think that's going to happen, but you literally never know. And I think that's what's cool. Um, Okay, so this has been so good. I feel like we've hit on so many different segments of the audience that I wanted to. Um, Honestly, mom, any closing remarks or things that you want to say to the audience in regards to relationships to just cap us off in the last four minutes here? Um, 
you know, I think one thing that, I mean, you know, talking about relationships, I think so much you, with relationship, you're thinking, you know, two people and, and, and it, it's, but it might, I'm going to say this and I hope it doesn't come from a point that I sound like I'm being, I'm being selfish, but I think one of the number one key things to having a great relationship with someone else is having a great relationship with yourself. You have to have a great relationship with yourself because if you don't feel good about yourself, um, if you're not, you know, if you're not happy with yourself, if you're not fulfilled, you cannot be a good partner um, because somebody else is not going to make you whole. Mm. You have to make yourself whole first. And I love one of my favorite sayings is you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I believe that 110% that if your cup is empty, and I think for women too, we're, most women are such givers, they're such nurturers. And I know there are points in my life where it was just give, 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 give. And especially young moms, I mean, you are just, especially if you're working and you're a mom, you are just drained. You're giving to everybody else. And what mom needs, it is the last lowest rung on the totem pole. And what I would say is when it's possible, refill that cup, refill your cup. Even if it just means getting out of the house and going for an hour walk or going to yoga for an hour or sneaking out and, you know, go going, to a movie, going to a movie. I mean, I did that when you did when I was young. I, when y'all were young, I would go to movies by myself all the time. That Sex in the city. Getaway. You know, I loved it. It was just like I just escape for two hours. Um, and I think that's so important. Just fill yourself up, grow yourself. And if you do that, you you are setting yourself up to have a great relationship and also encourage your partner to do the same thing mm. because if they're if they're not complete and they're not fulfilled no matter how hard you try you can't do that for them mm -hmm. and it's going to be really hard to have a great relationship mm -hmm. if the two parts of the whole are not whole, are not whole. exactly yeah. you are not responsible for your partner's happiness and they're not responsible for yours. Okay. You are responsible for yours and you can come together with your partner and be twice as happy as right. you could alone, but that starts with your own fulfillment. Yeah. Mom, thank you for coming no, on Made to Shine again. I hope you guys all found value in this. If you did, share it with that person that you think would also find value in this. And as always, I'm sending you guys so much love and appreciate every single one of you that sent in questions. Tell everyone bye, Mama Beth. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me.